Hello, Adulting Well listeners. This is Pepper, a.k.a. Joshua, a.k.a. Pepper, here to tell you about Anchor. So we used to host our podcast on another service, and we had this show for maybe three or four years at this point. And we got some metrics and things, but we didn't have a lot to do with them. And we recently switched over to Anchor. And what's amazing about it is it has all the metrics for the show. So you can see, you know, how many downloads you get and things like that. But it it also lets you engage with the audience uh, in ways that our old service couldn't. So, for instance, we can have polls. We can ask listeners to uh, leave us messages and questions and things like that. And we can uh, put them on the air super easily and answer those questions. Just uh, That's just one example, but there are just a lot of different ways that we can um, engage with you now that we're using Anchor. So uh, this is our first ad, and it's for this service that we're using to provide this podcast to you. And I think it's uh, actually a really, really good service. Um, and if you have a podcast, I recommend it. You can download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Uh, thanks for uh, pausing with me for a second. Now back to the episode. Hello and welcome to the Adulting Well Podcast. We are back with another wonderful episode. I am your co-host Joshua and I am joined as always by your co-host Kevin. And tonight our guest is Patrick O'Neill, author, former bank robber, former <laughs> tour manager and, and uh, manager of the Dead Kennedys and many other bands, which we'll get into shortly. Uh, old friend and some might say somebody I considered to be almost a big brother when we were long ago in treatment together. So damn, yeah. So, uh, (laughs) we've got a history as well as I know a lot about Patrick from both reading his books and listening to his stories over the years. So I'm Uh, really happy to have him here. I haven't read the book yet. You have a copy for me. I do have a copy for you. Um, that's I'm, it. That's just, it. I'm out of here. I'm, yeah. out of here. I'm <laughs> jumping in right now with bank robbery. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think you should lay a little context for that though, because okay. it wasn't just like it wasn't like born into bank robbery. There no, was, there's no. a story. Where were you born? Uh, born in Madison, Wisconsin, but was only there for like six months. My uh, uh, I'm an academic brat. My dad's a linguist, professor of, of languages, and uh, we moved all over the country and all over the world to go where. He wanted to study a language, usually a freezing cold place in the middle of nowhere. That's where we usually went to, Iceland, the Faroe Islands, Denmark, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that, that's, that's a long version. And, hey, honor to be here, man. Thank you for asking me to be here. Yeah, we're, oh, yeah, we're excited. Pleasure. So you've, you've got a few things going on. And I think first and foremost, maybe we'll set a little bit of a baseline and a little history because you have a very, very long um, history in, in, in punk rock. And yeah. we, we like to interview people on the show that that's kind of their roots. Um, we tend to believe that you can learn any, anything you need to know in life from the punk community. Uh, <laughs> you know, whether it's uh, being, being a being a uh, event planner, uh, you know, mm-hmm. by booking and, and producing shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, doing travel by booking and producing tours. 
you mm-hmm. know, writing music, having to deal with interpersonal relationships. There's been a theme on this show <laughs> yeah. of people who found a DIY ethic in punk rock and just said, mm-hmm. I want to do this thing, so I'm going to go do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got involved in punk because it's, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's also an interesting story that I highly recommend people read the book to find out more about. But give us the short well, version. Act- Actually, I just I just finished the second memoir, which is all about uh, getting into punk rock. It's called uh, Anarchy at the Circle K, and it's going to be <laughs> it's, it's all, it's, you know it's all about being on the road, you know. And it's 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 back in the day when you know you, everybody everybody could get in a van, just go, you know, and book your own tours, do your own thing. I worked for some of the bigger bands. I worked for Dead Kennedys and Flipper, TSOL, Subhumans, uh, a little bit with Frightwig, and then later on for Golden Voice and stuff like that. Uh, I just was, you know, I was really disillusioned. I, I went to, uh, I went to art school at seventeen, got out at twenty-one, and uh, as a filmmaker. Where, and, where was uh, that? Uh, San Francisco Art Institute. Okay. And uh, uh, you know, I, I, I was a child prodigy. I was the youngest published cartoonist in America when I was fifteen years old, and stuff like what? that. And I was going to be this, uh, you know, I was sort of, I was sort of enamored with the art world. But art school doesn't teach you how to make a living off of art. And so it was like basically like making gold yo-yos for the rich. And uh, I, I just was like, you know, I, I went to New York and followed my dreams and basically got strung on heroin and came home. And uh, 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 it just was, uh, I, I was you know, really disillusioned. I really was really unhappy. It was, uh, it was well, what was it? it was the Reagan years and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was all crazy going on. Uh, things weren't looking good. And uh, one day I, I just walked down to the Bluehead Gardens and, uh, you know, uh, it was a, I saw the I saw DOA the next night. I saw the Ramones, and uh, uh, that was it, man. I, it, it was time to do it. That I, was your I, first I, show. I, my first show. My first show was at uh, Wolfgang's, uh, seeing uh, 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 the, the Ramones and uh, uh, and Crime, what? the band Crime play, yeah. and it, it was unbelievable. It blew my mind. They blew my mind. I, I, I was I'd never seen anything like that before. You know, I mean, it was, it was it was during bloated rock and roll. I mean, yes, and those kind of horrible bands are playing at huge mm-hmm. arena shows. And it was just just horrible. The only thing kind of like you know, resembling music was heavy metal. And uh, uh, went down and saw, in a small club, like what Wolfgang's was what, like 500 people, something the most, something like that. And then, you know, four feet away, there's there's Joey and the rest of them just going nuts. And, uh, <laughs> and Crime played, and Crime was San Francisco's most avant-garde band known to mankind. They all dressed up in cop uniforms. They, they, they were really yeah. horrible musicians. It was pretty amazing. And they were one of <laughs> SF's first punk bands too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right right up there with like the Offs and the Avengers and, uh, you know, Mutants and people like that. Yeah, way back then like that. So I, I had hair down to my ass. I was like a rock and roller, you know, and uh, I went down there and the next day I cut my hair off. And I was, <laughs> that was, I was You know, <laughs> I was... Uh, over at the Mabuhay hanging out, you know, and, and, and then it was just sort of on from then on, you know, that was what it was. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so talk a little bit about, cause you, you were like, you weren't just like kind of working with the dead Kennedys. I mean, you were their guy for many years. Talk a little bit about how you met them and, and um, kind of how that, that progressed. Cause I, I mean, I think it's pretty interesting and, Oh, okay. I, I mean, I, I, so I, I came in, if you're really, to, if you're really to judge it, I came in on the second wave. Right. So, uh, which was, that's when hardcore showed its ugly head. Before that was a lot of art bands. Uh, like I said, the Avengers, the nuns, people like that were playing. Everybody came sort of out of this, out of the art Institute. There was the mutants, there was the offs, there was a bunch of other bands playing. Uh, you know, I mean, like, like, uh, the nuns and the Avengers opened for the sex pistols last show at the, at Winterland. And, uh, uh, so I mean, that was sort of what's happening. And then, 
showed up bands like Black Flag, Dead Kennedys, uh, uh, Circle Jerks, that kind of stuff sort of started coming around. And, uh, you know, I, I was I was just sort of I was hanging out at the bar, basically, is what I was doing. I was doing a lot of drugs and drinking. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Chris, was the sound man at the uh, at, at the at Buhead Gardens. And uh, I, I was out of work. I was on unemployment. I was like doing nothing. I was sort of hating life. And uh, Microwave, the, the road manager for Dead Candies, uh, asked me if I wanted a job. And I was like, sure. I mean, why not? You know, and there's a little piece of my book. And literally, I'm driving to go to Foothill, uh, Foothill, Foothill College. And there's a there, there's like a tent candy show. I don't know anybody. I don't know. Sh- I don't know nothing. I don't even know how to plug. I know how to plug a guitar. And that's about it. But I, I, I that, that's about as much of a road. I couldn't put a drum kit together in those days. I could drink a lot of beer, do a lot of drugs. And I didn't, <laughs> didn't need a lot of sleep. And uh, uh, that's exactly uh, the skills you need for this job. <laughs> exactly. You know. <laughs> And, uh, and and there was an opening band there called Who's Could Do that nobody nobody ever heard of, oh, and it was this, this this whole thing you know and 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 it was just amazing it was it was just amazing there was just something you know I I, I was like a failed music not failed but I, my band's never going to make it I kind of knew that they were just going to be kind of crap I had kinda, I had a concept band it was like called the Pillage People and uh, uh, we would get up <laughs> on stage and we play and make all this noise. And the, here's here's the art concept. The concept was then we'd invite people from the audience to come up and play other other musicians, and they'd get up and start playing instruments, and then we'd go to the bar and drink, and then we'd get paid for the night. That was the concept. Sweet. So yeah, it was a good thing, you know. So, <laughs> and, but but there was no future in that band, you know. Right, I knew that was right. never going to happen. So so I, I the, the the next best thing was then being with a band that was was really blowing people away, and you know that I worked a lot of stage. I was up on, I was on stage with people, and I was like sort of you know, able to get my like vicarious thrills without actually performing, you know, and uh, uh, I, I was kind of an introverted kid unless I was loaded. So it was kind of uh, uh, the best of both worlds in a lot of ways. Nice. So you ended up managing them or tour managing? Well, I, I, I was yeah, I was the road manager. Right. Uh, but I, I, for the last tour, but I, mean, we, I was like. I was like like the roadie and then the, the head of the road crew and then I was sort of running things and then I sort of wasn't. There was a lot of political upheaval. It's in my book, you know. Yeah. Biafra didn't have a lot of faith in me. East Bay Ray did. That, there was the conflict going on anyway between the two of them, and uh, you know, so it was, it, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a lot, a lot of political drama, and uh, uh, unbeknownst to everybody, I was a heroin addict. You know, right. not, not, the, not that I was stealing money from them. I mean, they were paying me really well. But, but it I, sounds I, like know. you were also getting, like, more and more responsibility at the same time, right? It yeah, like, exactly. Because <laughs> I was so, so well trustworthy. No, I was trustworthy. I was just – and, and the thing is, if you want to go tour, man, you, it, you know, it's a young man's game. And, it, you know, I would get my itinerary and look at it, and it would be, like, the first five nights were, like, you know, Denver, Portland, Chicago mm-hmm. – you know, Miami, you know, and I'll be like, Jesus, I'm not sleeping to nothing for a week and a half, you know, I kind of like that. It was made for drugs. That's what it was. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't, you know, you, you, you couldn't have done it any other way. We, we were the road crew. We also drove the truck. We drove the T-shirts. We did everything, you know, so it was like it was just on it, you know, and then the old days it was a van. And and by the end of the tour, it, it was a it was a huge box truck with a with a, with a, with a full road crew and, and gear and uh, T-shirts and merchandise. Mm. So you just touched on it. So when did, when did heroin enter the picture for you? Uh, pretty much all the time. All the time. Well, so, you said you were in yeah. New York and, and well, got I, into I, it. I, yeah, I, I dabbled with it in, in, in art school. I, uh, when I was 18, 19, and uh, would 
not really get strung out, uh, mainly because I didn't have enough money. And uh, uh, when I got to New York, I I, uh, I, I would try to work for Marvel Comics and uh, 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 sort of got shot down. It was really hard on my ego because I was sort of like a, I thought I was a hot shit uh, animator from from art school because I was sort of like the best drawer at the time when I was in art school. And I came out to New York and sort of got shot down. And so I was living in the Lower East Side in a cold water walk up and just sort of, you know, snorting a lot of heroin and eating pizza and then decided to leave. And so I came back. I came back with a habit. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and so then it was off and on here and there. Uh, again, couldn't really afford it, didn't really have a gig. And it wasn't until uh, being on the road that I, that I could sort of somehow afford it. Even though I kind of cleaned up before I went on tour, uh, you know, like the, the idea was that you would stay clean somehow <laughs> while you're on tour <laughs> and then there'd be drugs everywhere. Was it pretty you know? easy to get on the road? Yes and no. I mean, sometimes, yes. I mean, sometimes it was everywhere. Sometimes you'd be in Norman, Oklahoma, and you'd be mm-hmm. in some biker bar looking for the only guy with pinned eyes, and it was, like, a little scary and stuff like that. You know, they're, yeah. they're, we, you know, if further on, you know, I did this for, like, six, seven years, and, for, you know, further on, I wasn't able to clean up before I left. And, uh, uh, you know, there was a horrible tour across Canada where I had no drugs, and it was really hard to find heroin and camel loops. At least I didn't know how to find drugs and camel loops. You know, there's like also 10 feet of snow. It was like, I'm going to go find the, the great part of town to go right, to. Right, it, right. You know, you know? can't imagine and, being sick in that. Oh, just, I mean, incredible, you know? And, and then like, and then like, you know, like I take like, you know, a bunch of drugs with me and they, they're going to last me forever. And like, you know, three days later they're gone and it just be just <laughs> like, you know, just like, just be horrible like that. But there was Mecca's, you know, Chicago, New York, New Orleans, you know, uh, you know, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you know, all these, all, all these places like, you know, Los Angeles, you know, you, you, you did well there. It's just that a lot of times there was a lot of cities in between you got stuck in, which are pretty hard. So a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs, you know, a lot of doing drugs that I didn't want to do, you know, just because they were drugs. They were there. You know, I had a couple of mishaps, uh, uh, a little problem with Placidils in Omaha, Nebraska, hit the emergency room. I had a couple, couple of weird things like that. Placidil? You know, so, uh, yeah. You're naming drugs I've never even heard of. <laughs> Plastic like a like a Mickey Finn. It's a knockout drug. Okay. It's a sleeper. Oh, and uh, uh, so I was really sick and kicking and uh, uh, I ate about 30 Valiums and shit like that and sort of, uh, uh, you know, decided I still was feeling it, you know, drank a bunch of booze and then I uh, took about four or five Plastidils. They're these big gel caps. They're like the size of a NyQuil gel cap and uh, uh, took those and then sort of fell out. Wow. You know? Yeah. Then, uh, the band sort of took me to the emergency room and it was, it was kind of one of those weird things where I was in my body watching this happen, like trying to say, Hey, don't worry about it. Everything's okay. But I was obviously in trouble. Right. And they're, they're like, so they took me there and it just, it was just sort of one kind of thing where the doctors looked at me and went, ah, yeah, give them this. Boom, boom. And it was out, up and running. And the next day I had no recollection of it whatsoever. It was kind of bizarre. You know? So yeah. Not good. Yeah. Hey, addiction. <laughs> it's a fun, it's a, right. It's a fun right. ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing like yeah. waking up in another town the next day and not remembering what happened. I think yeah. what's fascinating to me about that is I've never been a heroin addict, but I'm friends mm-hmm. with heroin addicts. Right. And mm-hmm. the way that uh, you guys can find the spot in any like town or area, oh, yeah. like, that's just fascinating to me that you know how to get it. Like, yeah, you just find an instinct for it. It's I, I can smell it. Right. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Driving down the street, if I would see another heroin oh, addict, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. okay, we're going to stop and talk to him for a minute. That's what right. he's doing. You know, yeah. he's, he's, I kind of have that he's... with alcoholics a little bit. Like, I can tell yeah. very quickly, you know, yeah. but... Oh, yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. 
So yeah. let, let's uh, let's fast forward a little bit. I don't want to okay. ruin either one of the books for anyone because I highly recommend. Okay. Oh, yeah. Gun, Gun Needle Spoon I've read. Obviously, I haven't okay. read your new one. I've heard a lot mm-hmm. of the other sort of the other stories over the years. And I don't mm-hmm. want to – I want people to go out and get the book because it's, cool. it's a fantastic read. It's a relatively Thanks, quick read. Um, we'll put a you, link up on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. But you ended up back in San Francisco sort of at the end of your – at the end of your road. Um, yeah. And there yeah. was a, sort of a set of circumstances that led to you getting involved in actually more deeply involved in going to rehab and other stuff. And maybe yeah. just talk about that a little bit and then we can, we can talk about some of the stuff that you're working on now. Cause you, okay. You're yeah. not just yeah. a writer, you're a musician as well. And you've got some stuff right. up on your site. Right. So, so, so I, 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 you know, I, I basically became employable. You know, I went, I went from that art school kid that was interested in everything and turned to a heroin addict. And, and then the only thing punk rock about me was a leather jacket, you know, and, uh, uh I, I just, you know, and, and the progression of the disease is that you, 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 you know, water finds its own level, you know, and you start going deeper, deeper down into whatever hole you're going into. And, you know, finally I was in San Francisco hanging out with, uh, basically criminals and strippers and hookers and, you know, people down the tenderloin and stuff like that. And I couldn't, I couldn't steal enough stuff. I couldn't sell enough drugs. I couldn't keep anything maintaining what was going on there. And I basically, you know, just went where the money was and started robbing banks and uh, uh, was actually pretty good at it. And, and that's in the um, book? That's in the – that's yeah. certainly in the book. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah, want to spoil that because that sounds amazing. <laughs> wasn't that amazing well i but know I, the reality is is depressing i'm sure but you know there's some good right. stories there yeah. for sure and and you know what it went on for for you know well over a year and uh uh you know it's it, it it but i but i mean there's a price that comes the pace that comes with that i mean you me i'll tell you what i stayed and I, I i was paranoid the cops were coming i, I knew my time was up i uh there's just so much you can do san francisco's not a big town i mean you mm-hmm. know and I'm, I'm robbing banks left and right and you know, a couple of week and, 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 you know, uh, just out there, just crazy. And, uh, 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 did a really bad robbery, uh, was really loaded. I mean, it got to be so that I needed to do meth. I needed to do, uh, uh, heroin. I needed to just, you know, just, uh, do some Valiums and, uh, you know, whatever else was on hand and smoke some crack and then to go out and do the robbery. And then I was just so loaded that, you know, no one should be near me cause I was holding a gun and, uh, it was just insane. And we, I, I botched a robbery up and, uh, they got the lights to play the car and we went home and parked the car in front of the house, of course, and went inside. I mean, it wasn't Einstein material. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, I, I did some more heroin and then there was a knock on the door. I went to it and the door flew in and there was a million cops out there. They busted me, took me away. God, I'm glad and, you're here and alive. <laughs> 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 well, you know, it gets better. Uh, you know, I, they, I think they booked me at, uh, uh, you know, 850 Bryant and I went in and, uh, uh, I went for the judge and, you know, I mean, you know, Typical addict. I didn't think any of the rules applied to me. I, I, you know, you guys could deal with that, but not me. And I went for the judge, and the judge basically said, uh, "We're going to three strike you all at once. Uh, oh. you just, you're just you're just been crazy, but prolific. You know, it's just too it's too insane. You're out of control. We're going to put you away for twenty five life." And I said something like, "You know, are you fucking crazy?" And uh, uh, and that was it. And I saw so I was in uh, in county for eighteen months fighting my case, which which went back and forth to a bunch of stuff. You know, back and forth to. Uh, 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 you know, two strikes in 20 years, you know, one strike and roll over and roll over everybody, which was, which I wouldn't have done, but it's also a, a possibility because one terrifying. person was already, yeah, it was very terrifying. It was very terrifying. You know, it was, it was, it was, and it was also, you know, also if you're sitting in, in jail, prison, wherever it is, it doesn't really matter. 
and you're looking at bars, and you're looking at the stupidity, and you're looking at the violence, and you're looking at the, just the mundane, everyday life of, of just the same thing over and over. And that, and if that's when you realize, man, this is not what I want, but it's a little too late. It's really scary, mm. you know. And so I, I just did everything I could not not to make that my reality, you know. So. What happened? Yeah, like, what, what, what does that look what like? What was the resolution of the court? The, court well, the resolution of the court is, is, is that I took a deal, and uh, the DA up came to me, and he said that we'll take, we'll give you two strikes in four years, and 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 I, and I was like, yeah, d- dynamite. He goes, you know, why are we doing that? I said, uh, no, because I'm a great guy, and, uh, and they said no because it's a cost-effective way to deal with people like you. You can't stay clean. You're going to get out on parole and you're going to do another crime and then we're going to three strike you. Oh. And so it's, it's, that's what's going to happen. So, so it's going to cost us a bunch that's of money to three process? strike you. But that's the thought process that they have. That's what he told me in my face. Hmm. said that that's what, that's what we're doing here. And, uh, don't uh, like that, you know, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, okay, I don't care. Just give me the deal so I can get out of here, you know? And I, you know, I, 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 I took the deal, did a turnaround to San Quentin, came back and, uh, uh, that, you know, the rest is sort of history. But, being in prison sort of woke me up. I was I was 41 years old, and mm-hmm. you know I turned 41 in there, and I just looked around. and was like, this is not where I want to be. This is not it. You um, know, and, and you say you turned yeah. it around. I mean, did you come out of there ready for recovery or like? How? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, you know, in state of California, I don't know what what it is these days, but in 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 uh, 2000, they let you out with uh, uh, $200 gate money. Mm-hmm. And they they put you on a bus and it drops you off downtown San Francisco, and I was like, oh my god, you know. And I just knew, I just I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I knew what was going to happen, and I I had had I had I had applied to or or tried to get a, a, a rehab like for Delancey Street or, or Walden House mm-hmm. uh, uh, as an alternative sentencing, but they weren't going to go for that. In fact, they never charged me with possession of heroin they, because they didn't want that to muddy the water. They just wanted me to take the armed robbery you know, charges. And uh, uh, so, so I, I, uh, I, I, I knew what I just knew what was going to happen. So I bought a pack of cigarettes. I went over to Walden House. And I sat on their front steps, and uh, uh, there was a woman named Ruth Nolan was there, and she came in and uh, she said, "What are you doing here?" And I said, "I need to get in the program." She said, "You know, come back tomorrow." And I was like, "Yeah." I sat, so I sat on the front steps for a couple of days. So she finally came out one day and went, "Come on in. We'll put you in here. Let's do this thing." Were you scared if you left the steps, you would go yeah, back? Yeah. Oh yeah. man. And 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 the steps were it was it was it was their their multi uh, there was their center like intake center which was three blocks from 16th of Mission. Oh, it's yeah. like I, you know, all I do is walk down the street to go mess up, you know. But I, I just waited. I just waited her out, and she was, she had, she had a big heart. She was she, she was she was an awesome woman, and she had a big heart. You know, until he just took me, and they, they sent me to eight fifty Brian, eight I'm sorry, eight fifty Brian, eight ninety uh, Hay Street, and uh, and you know, and and I, you know, I was a horrible client. I was I was horrible. I broke all the rules. I did everything bad. But I didn't know any better, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, I I I, I sort of I, I I did right. I got out. I I, I was in there for eighteen months. Uh, uh, That's not easy, man. No, man, it was rough. It was also a rough program because it wasn't a 12-step program, per se. It was a behavior modification program. And, they, you know, like they, they yelled at you. They, you know, mm. gave, you, gave you a haircut, they said, and stuff like that. And, uh, I, you know, I, I always resist that kind of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and also, I also didn't do 12-step with it. And I, uh, <laughs> I, got, I got out. I had the girlfriend. I had the car. I had the apartment. I had everything fine. And then uh, literally uh, my landlord died, and I got evicted. And uh, – uh, everything fell, everything crashed down. And then it was like weird, that weird thing where you're sort of walking in a dream. And I was literally getting on a bus going to 16th and mission and scoring, 
Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, and, and mind you, I was on high control parole. I mean, you know, I was I was on, a, on the heaviest parole you can get in California. Yeah, uh, buying heroin is a crime. I could that could have been my third strike. I could have gone away for life. You know, all this stuff was happening, but I couldn't stop myself. Now, that that's addiction in a nutshell, right there. That's I a weird. It's a weird myself. feeling, right? Because when you're going, when you're about to relapse or whatever, when you're going for mm-hmm. it, you're making the decision. But it's yeah. like you're you're conscious and unconscious at the same time. It's a very weird right. feeling. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I had no support group. I had nobody to back up. You know, I had nothing there like that. My girlfriend was also predisposed to be an addict too. And she it was like one of those things where like, you want to do this, you want to do this, you want to do this, yeah, let's go do this, you know. And so I I, I absconded for a few months and parole was looking for me and you know, it was the worst it was one of the worst four months of my life. It was horrible. It was really horrible. I couldn't do enough drugs to get high. I mean, nothing was working. And I put myself in another program, and, and I mean, a, I mean, a hardcore, bottom of the line program with Salvation Army. On you know, it's like just like being on the street, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and something in there stuck, man. Something in there stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just it just happened, and I just uh, uh, did another year there, and and was by that at the end of that, I, I was working in treatment, and and I, I think you it's, know, I think it's safe to say too that you started reaching out to people as well. I mean, yeah, exactly. Everything changed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everything, because we it wasn't so, working. So to to roll back to the Walden House thing, I was in Walden House with Patrick, yeah. and everything oh. he just said about what kind of client he was yeah. was mm-hmm. true times about a hundred. So <laughs> he was he was he was having relationships in the program. He was fucking totally busting out on his passes and not doing anything he wrote down. Taking guys like me to punk shows at bars <laughs> in treatment, right? You know, yeah, the whole much. fucking yep. night. Yep. We we sat on the chair together a few times in Walden yep. House because I was also doing the same things. And uh, yep. it's funny, yep. though, because we were horrible clients, but all the guys that in there that were like the do the right thing guys, they're yeah. all loaded or dead right. or on right. the street still. Right. It was the people that were total fuck ups that broke the rules right. and tried right. everything in treatment. That even if yeah. they didn't make it right at first, a lot of them are now clean. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I. Yeah. yeah, we got in a little bit of trouble together. You know? We actually had to tell on ourselves because we brought another guy back that was like, we, we convinced them to let us take him out on a pass. He was brand new in the program, and he slipped in the pit at a show oh, in beer and came back beer. reeking like beer. beer. Oh, no. So we had to actually tell on ourselves. Yeah. That was a huge show. Yeah. That was at that Maritime Hall, and TSOL was playing. Yeah, it was and massive. And a bunch of the band. It was yeah. awesome. And this kid comes awesome. back covered in beer with Patrick and I. <laughs> We were not we were not the model clients. I remember they had they held an entire no. group one weekend for the two of us, and Patrick was mm-hmm. in so much shit that he wasn't even allowed to talk. He just got yelled at the whole time. And then they they did the whole gaslighting thing with me, the embarrassment thing. Like I can't believe you did this to a newcomer. You know, right? What right? else are you doing? You know, yeah. It's just, All right, let's get that kid on yeah. the phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know where he is? He moved up north, but. You know, the, fa- the fact of the matter is, I will, and I will say this, I say, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things I think is true, and I, you know, especially in reading your book and, and knowing you for so long and seeing you around and, you know, in, in certain groups that we try not to mention, but, yeah. you know, we, we know we all belong to, um, right. is that, that, um, that you know, there, there's this, like, there's this thing that happens with addicts that once they lock in, it's mm-hmm. like, you can't stop them from doing the right thing either. No, you know? no. 
And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think uh, right from the start, I mean, you and I had a connection because of our drug of choice and the fact that mm-hmm. we were both into mm-hmm. punk rock. And that was, right. it was pretty easy. But, you know, I, I, I will say that if a guy like you and, you know, I, I was, I was pretty rough, but I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to, I wasn't robbing banks. I will be honest. <laughs> and I'm not saying this, that you were worse, but the fact of the matter is if, if a guy like you can get clean and stay clean as long as you right. have, which is now a very long time. Right. Fuck man, anyone can. And yeah. that's, yeah. that's the truth of it. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the thing that I the, – the reason I men, mentioned the reaching out part of it is because mm-hmm. one of the things I think think really gets missed by a lot of people, it's not it's not like it, – it's not so much for me about like I got to hang out with, you know, just sober people that are in a program. Right. Kind of thing. It's like right. building a support group that's going to support me mm-hmm. no matter what mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. asking for help when I truly need it. And, yep. and that's a lot actually even with 20 years for myself. You know, yeah. like I'm yeah. still – well, that's Indeed. hard, right? Because you, fucking disaster. you don't want to pick up the phone because you don't want the person to tell you no. Yeah. You know? Well, and I also, no. I also have, no. have made some, <laughs> some pretty toxic choices in male relationships as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, 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 you're sober, but you got a gambling problem. I think we should be friends. Hey, you know? Funny. <laughs> so. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's all new territory, man. So, yeah. so, I mean, and the only way, I mean, the way I learn is to make mistakes. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. my successes are great. They're cool, but I kind of like, you know, feel I deserve or some crap like that. My, my mistakes happen and, and I go, ooh, that's not good. Or I have to make amends or I have to work this out or I have to do this and I have to do that. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that stuff, you know? It's hard. I, I, I want to just, you know, amble through life and everybody love me. And that, that, that's an impossibility, man. You know, so like it's, 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 it's where, you know, it's, it's what, sort of what we do, man. It's what we do. You just got to keep going. And singing. I always tell people like, you know, you start this thing, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, because, because, because it's, it's, it's not like you could be some plateau and you're done. You, it, it's continual work, continual work on this stuff. Cause old Patrick pops up all the time. Like, yeah, I deserve that. That's yeah, mine. Totally. <laughs> totally. Well, I want to, uh, there's a really, yeah. a really great story. Uh, I think it's a great story. It actually, I, you know, and I'm, I'm, there's certain things that really like bring up like a huge amount of emotion in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that, that, that did over this, like this long sort of history and you and I have been kind of in and out of each other's lives. We shared music studios, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like I said, we were in treatment together. Yeah. Senior around at you know, different p- spots over the years. Heard, yeah. you, heard you read your, your book, but something happened to you a couple of years ago that very, very few people with your criminal history have yeah. the incredible mm-hmm. privilege of happening to them. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll let you tell the story because I, I don't know if I can get through it without crying. Okay. So I'm going to let oh, you go man. ahead. I'll tell it. <laughs> no, this is, this is amazing. Well, so uh, another woman, da- another woman, a woman down here who's an author is a friend of a friend of a friend. And she does pro bono work for people. And one of her things is clearing people's names, getting, getting, getting their, their – uh, uh, get, well, actually, what, what comes first is a certificate of rehabilitation from the state of California. And uh, uh, I, I contacted her, and I said, you know, I, this one was, like, awesome. And I said yeah, – I, I, I told her my history, and, so, and she was, you're a great candidate for this. Uh, it was like about three, three, three years ago. Uh, so I had about 15 years clean or something like that. And uh, 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 just talked to her, and, 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 and she hooked me up, and, and she did all this work pro bono and filed all these things. Uh, you know, I know what they are, so I'm calling things. You know, you know I'm not. Le- I know I'm legal. And basically, what it was is, is it is you, uh, you know, you go to Department of 100 and you and you petition the state of California to agree that you have rehabilitated yourself. And basically, I had to fill out the fill out this huge thing with like every place I ever worked, every place I ever lived. You know, and all the crimes I did. I had to write a whole thing of taking responsibility for the crime. I had to get a ton of letters from people, like a, you know, like you know, recommendation or whatever you want to call them, uh, character reference letters. 
Uh, I, had to, I had to get the cops that busted me. I do I had all this stuff. I had to mm. fill this thing. It can't be a hundred pages, you know? And uh, it was this big, huge thing. And, you know, me in the old days would have looked at that and said, oh, hell no. You know, they're not going to do it for me anyway. I, I, this is all a bunch of bullshit. And, uh, uh, but I, 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 the reality was I've done some things in my life that where I'm trying to change stuff since, since, since getting busted. Mm-hmm. One of the things was go back to school, get my master's degree uh, in creative writing so I could teach school and, and do a bunch of other stuff like that. And I was never getting hired full time as a professor because I always checked that box. The box is not have you been convicted. The box is have you ever been arrested? And that, that was like nailing me, you know, like, I, you know, so you click that. They look at your past and it's like, oh, hell no. Two girls armed robbery. Yeah. This guy ain't coming to teach nobody. And legally, you can stop people from you can deny people from teaching. They have a sex offense or a drug offense. But, you know, armed robbery is I mean, it's not admirable, but it's not it's not something that they, that they, they can not hire me for. But they would just lose my application. Mm-hmm. So it was really getting frustrating. I've been teaching about six years at that point, teaching at college level six years. And I just I was going nowhere. I was still an adjunct part time, making nothing and struggling. And, uh, uh, and I even started working part-time again in rehab to, to start making money and stuff like that. And so anyway, she, she did this whole thing for me. It was amazing. Um, one day we walked down to the courtroom in, uh, in uh, uh, Los Angeles before a judge. And, and it was like, it was the most beautiful time I've ever had in a courtroom. The judge was receptive. The judge looked at my paperwork. The judge just like looked up to me and he said like, you know, I see no reason why this can't happen right now. And that's mm-hmm. unheard of. What, ha- what happens is basically the guy takes it into consideration, r- writes about it, comes back to you and gives you his word on it. And he was like, I don't see why this can't be, you know, it, and, you know, said things like good luck, Mr. O'Neill, which a judge has never oh, said to geez, me in my life, you know, so sweet. And it, you know, it was unbelievable. You know, it was like, and I walked out there kind of dumbfounded, like, like, like what just happened? You know, and and gave a huge hug to Natasha Dion, who was my lawyer, and just like I just like I was just blown away. And, and me and my uh, girlfriend then, and now wife Jen, went out to had a breakfast at a French restaurant. I just I was still just numb, you know, and uh, uh you know, because it just it just it's it's different to have a court recognize you as doing something. Have the state of California recognize you've done something different, and uh, that you're not the criminal scumbag that they've always thought you were or convicted you as or all this other stuff. And it, it automatically puts me on on the on the on the on, on, on Jerry Brown's desk for getting a a, a governor's pardon, and uh, uh, and so I, I I you know about two months later, and oh let me just tell you that the other process took over a year to get that done, and then two months later this guy calls me, he's an investigator from from the from the governor's office, and he said, do you want to do this thing? And I was like, yeah yeah, well, I want to pursue this, and they sent me another thing, and it was a form twice as big as the one from oh, uh, before wow. it was like massive and so i do the whole thing over again and write all these things again and do this whole thing again and just the whole thing like that and then you just send it off to, to, to the investigator and it goes to jerry brown and like a year went by and you know the only reason i did this i'm really because i really wanted to have but the only reason i really did it because jerry brown pardons people schwarzenegger don't proud nobody all those guys before him never pardoned mm-hmm. anybody you know it was like not happening but jerry brown was like really in, in rehabilitation and, uh, uh, you know, so I, I was, I was, I was at work. I'd quit teaching by then. I, I was working at the rehab full time and I had a horrible day. It was really bad. Clients were a mess. Uh, I, I parked my car, uh, in, in some tollway zone, but I didn't know it mm. and walked out after a full day of work and the car wasn't there. I was like bumming and I called, you know, the tow and they said, yeah, we got it. And, you know, like there's, I'm looking, I'm st- staring where I parked it. There, there's no sign to say it's a tollway zone. And I'm like, just pissed. I'm yelling at people. And I walk down, I get on the bus, it start, but before I get on the bus, it starts raining, like pouring rain. I'm like oh. drenched, soaked, wet. I'm like so pissed off in the world. You know, I get the bus gets on, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. I'm like, oh, you 
fucking crazy. And some little old lady, you know, pays my way. And I wasn't even nice to her. I was like, thanks. You know, like such an ass. And uh, uh, get, get in the back of the bus. And there's all these, like, you know, people in the bus like that. And, like, there's this tough-ass cholo looking at me and a bunch of other people. And they're like, kind of like, what are you doing here? And my phone rings. I look down on it. And it, it's a Sacramento number. And I go, who the hell do I know in Sacramento? Like, I'm not going to answer this. I'm oh, what the fuck? My day can't get any worse. <laughs> I hit it, answer it, and she goes, hi, so-and-so from Jerry Brown's office. Uh, I'm calling you to let you know the governor's going to pardon you. Oh, my And it was also, also, also just to let you know, it was just like this like a week before Christmas because he does it Easter and he does it Christmas. So it's a week before Christmas, and I, I swear to God, I start crying. It was like unbelievable, and 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 the and the the, the cholo guy across the room looks at me, looks at me. And he's like, "You okay, Holmes?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, dude, man, I I, I couldn't even tell him what was happening." I, I was like, "I like," I, and I said something really cheesy. I said, "Like, you know, like I I said, well, at first I just like dumped on the poor lady, like my car got towed, it's raining, I'm soaking wet, I'm like so insane." And she's like, "Oh, you're crazy," and uh and then and then she said, "Well, I hope this makes your day better." And I said, "Please, just something." She said, "Would you please tell Jerry Brown I am I am so thankful for this. I, I I'm so grateful, so grateful for for his faith in me." And she said, "Absolutely, I will absolutely tell him that." And uh and, and I, I got pardoned by the governor, man. Seventy of us got pardoned that that Christmas. That was my Christmas present, man. It blew my mind, man. Blew my mind. You know? That was a fantastic story. <laughs> blew my mind when I read. I was like, I actually when I saw the post on Facebook with the letter. Yeah. Yeah, I had to reread it like three times. I'm like, how the fuck did this guy get a pardon for the governor? Knowing right, what I know right. about him. Yeah. 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 No. And, I know. But then, know. of course, you did. You know right. what I mean? Because because yeah. you did the work to deserve it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah. not something that Jerry Brown did pardon people. But think about everyone that applied and only seventy mm-hmm. got it that day. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, you know it, man. You know it. You know. I mean, that is incredible. And and I've got a couple of friends that have talked about doing the process mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and giving up. Oh, it's not. It's horrible. It's horrible. Well, you and, said and that. I said I got a friend that wants to do. It. What do you? What's your advice? And you said back to me, it's horrible. <laughs> it's, it's a you know, fucking pain but, in the ass. Oh my god! It takes like that. three years. Good yeah, luck. Yeah, yeah. You know. And 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 my, and my lawyer, she, she's putting together a program called Redeem. Right. And uh, I just did a did a taped a video for her because her whole thing is she's going to help people do it like on a full time basis. Cool. And I, I just volunteered my services to help people write that that piece they need. Yeah. You know, because like, a lot of people are illiterate or can't write mm-hmm. and you, you you gotta write a piece that says what you did what crime you did and what happened and what it meant and and you, you got to take responsibility for it and that is hard man Whoa. that is really hard because you you don't want to sound like a scumbag but you got to sound like a scumbag but you got to sound like a remorseful scumbag because yeah. that's what you are well, you know you wouldn't you're not gonna be doing this unless you're that person and that's you know? i mean so ladies and gentlemen this is what we can achieve when we put our minds to it exactly when we have done the work to get there you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I mean, there was definitely a time in California where that would have never happened. No, ever. No. I mean, there was a no. time in your life when you never would have get, gotten through that process. But no, you know, it's a lot of work. And I think the fact yeah. that you're th- this is why, you know, and and, you know, whoever doesn't like my positivity about these things be damned. <laughs> this is why we do this podcast, because right. now not only did you get a pardon from the governor, yeah. complete yeah. clemency, you're no longer a felon in the state of California. Right. But right. you're passing along this to other former Absolutely. incarcerated people, Absolutely. helping Absolutely. them to write their stories mm-hmm. so they can mm-hmm. get the same phone call someday. Yeah. yeah. Right? When she called me, I, I, I didn't even hesitate. Yeah. I said, whatever you need, whatever you need, man, yeah. let me know. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. 
you know, okay, because I mean, you know, it's it's the age old thing. We I can't keep it unless I give it away. I got I got to mm-hmm. be there for it. I just can't go. Oh, I got mine. Screw you. Yeah, you know, because that would be the old me. That, yep. that, and that and that's and that's not who I am today at all, ever. Well, and the you thing know? is, even hearing because I've I've read the letter a number of times. I've mm-hmm. thought about it. I. I totally broke down the first time I read it. But even hearing the story from you again, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you know, all that stuff comes up. It was, you yeah. know, I got my record expunged in San Francisco, and mm-hmm. the lawyer that mm-hmm. did it was the lawyer that defended me when I was getting yeah. going through all my stuff. Yeah. And she basically kept me from going to prison the first time around by getting mm-hmm. me into Walton mm-hmm. House. And she said, if you stay clean for five years, come yeah. see me. She yeah. go, And she goes, and I'll tell you how many of my clients have taken me up on this. Right. Exactly zero. zero. Whoa. <laughs> And wow. I, I, I'm not kidding you. The week I had five years, I called her and oh, I'm like, absolutely. let's start this. It took yeah. us about a year to get it done. Yeah. And I got my record. The, the judge actually, because I didn't have any, any violent felonies and I didn't have mm-hmm. any, anything above a possession. Right. He, all, all, he reopened my record, entered a plea of not guilty and closed mm-hmm. my record. That was it. I was done. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I, yeah. and I, I started just completely melted down in court. I Did just, you get absolutely. a pardon from Jerry Brown? No. Well, I, then it's not that. <laughs> I know it's not not as cool as Patrick, but I also wasn't robbing banks, right? Exactly. Or, or toll booths, which I think you did as well at some point. You know, <laughs> toll booths. Yeah, I think there was a couple of Bay Bridge robberies oh, as well in there somewhere. God, do you jump you know, out of the car and rob yeah. them and jump back in, or do you rob them from the car? You, you don't. You don't get out of the car. You don't no, get out of the car. Okay. And no, then you no. you're, you turn and head into Oakland. I right. hope so. I hope you're not <laughs> headed towards San Francisco. Like, and, then, um, and, and hope that the Highway Patrol don't follow you into West Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, it wasn't, like, brilliant. Not, any of it was not brilliant. That's well, for sure. You know, you know? A, her- yeah. a, a heroin addiction will drive you to do some crazy shit. You know? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. You know. so, so you've got one book published, which, yeah. you know, like I said, I've read. I love it. It's, uh, Thanks, it's totally inspirational. Um, and, and it's just some great stories. I mean, these, the way that Patrick speaks is pretty much how he writes. It's very much <laughs> like a really personal story. Um, obviously, you know, a little more edited, you know, but um, <laughs> probably a little more thought out. But, put, but, put a cap on that guy. Put a yeah, cap on Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but you've got a new book you're working on. No, it, it, it's done. I'm, it's I'm done. trying to get it published now. Yeah, so I'm going out doing the doing the horrible trip of getting it published and like that. So I got a couple of I got a press reading it, and I'm looking at some agents to see what's happening. Okay, uh, I'm not really agent or big press material. Unbelievable as that might sound. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I've done everything myself, and uh, uh, so I, I probably will do that again. And uh, uh, you know, it's 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 it's, a, it's, it's the precursor to Gun Needle Spoon. It's it's, it's and I, you know I say this. Uh, Without without uh, humor, it was when drugs were working. You know, right, it's like yeah. I mean, we all did drugs for a reason, and, right. and at first they worked. And uh, uh, those years on the road, they all worked. But uh, it, it it quickly uh, not quickly, but the, by the end of the book, I'm I'm on my way to being a gun needle spoon. So right. it sort of happens there. But you know, it's it, it just it just you know, and it's also a progression of just you could see it in the book. It just uh, things were working, and then things were not working. You Would know, you I, wanna... I, mean, I, I got I got kicked off a lot of first lot of Palooza tour for. Being too loaded, so you know. that's rad, though. I mean, who are you working for? <laughs> who are you working for on that one? I was I was working for the whole crew, so I was, oh. I was, there, was, there was a crew just running the, the tour. Mm. So and it was for Perry Farrell. I mean, that's, that's what I was working for. I was I was too loaded for Perry Farrell. Wow. That. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about that. I didn't. Even, I, I did the rehearsals, and then they I didn't even make the tour. They wow. got rid of me. That says a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. So um, <laughs> you're doing. You're trying to find the right obviously the right publisher. Yeah. 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 So would you want to come back on after that book comes out and talk a little more? Cause I feel like absolutely there's 
huge swaths of your life that I want. I have so many. Like I want. Oh. I feel like I could mm-hmm. point to any year and ask you about uh-huh. it and L- get some. Cool. L- let me let me let me give you a little a little. I could. I sat outside outside in the smoking area with Patrick almost every day I was in Walden House <laughs> and fucking smoked and listened to stories and was just like, this is the best part of my day right here. Like the, it, right. it didn't get much better than that in there. I, you know, I wasn't sleeping still. I had been, I had been clean for like six months and I still wasn't sleeping. I, I was like wearing clothes that were too small for me because I gained like 30 or 40 pounds in jail and God knows how many more in Walden House because all they fed us right. was starch. You know, it was the starchitarium in that cafeteria. And uh, and I would just sit out there and just smoke Marlboro Reds and just like okay here we go I can actually like chill out my brain wasn't going for once it was, right yeah, so I could have Patrick on like once a week if we could yeah that's what I'm saying I'm like we're we doing this again tomorrow like, this is this is like my favorite I don't want to throw anyone under the bus but this is my favorite episode. oh man that's off you guys are awesome thanks so so you're also teaching talk a little bit about that and you're working in in rehab again right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, I'm, I was, I was, I taught bonehead English for like, like I co-taught bonehead English for like seven, eight years, and uh, for the for the uh, for a community college down here in LA, and uh, it, it was just not what I wanted to do. I, I thought it would be a, a jumping stone or something. You know, jumping—that's not the right word. You know, stepping, stepping stone, stone. To, to like a full-time professorship, and it never came through again because of what we were talking about earlier. And uh, so I, I quit that. So I, I, do, I do online workshops and I do live workshops. Uh, where I uh, uh, t- t- uh, teach people memoir and, and, and do a couple of classes on writing about trauma and stuff like that. Uh, I've, I've, I've taken a, a workshop. I did, I, I taught a couple of workshops in prison too. I, I took one up to uh, men's, men's, uh, 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 the, ho- the hospital in, in Vacaville nice. uh, um, up, up there. And, uh, oh, uh, oh, like, oh, I just drove yeah. by there. Uh, oh my gosh. What's his name? That serial killer, Ed. Uh... Oh shoot. Now I'm totally blanking on his name. Who that? I thought I had a cool story. I don't. <laughs> There's a famous serial killer that's there. There's a few. Oh, really? Yeah. There was a, quite a few. Yeah. I, I was. I was. I was. I was sitting there talking to this kid. And kid, he was like, well, he's like thirty-five. And he's telling me about this. He wrote this beautiful piece. And we were talking about it and all stuff like that. And, and I said, "What's that piece about?" Because it was kind of like poetry. And he goes, well, "About killing both my parents." Oh. I was like, I was like "Oh shit." <laughs> Guard. That's <laughs> yeah, to the right oh, no, spot no, for him oh, to no, be. You're, you're 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 in the visitor room that they they close off for for for, for like the, I was doing this thing with this writing guild. There was forty to fifty, you know, convicts in there with me. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be it. It's a medical unit. Most of them are old and wheelchairs yeah, totally. and you know, so on and so forth. But there's a lot of people who are insane too. And the, the guard leaves, and there's a there's a call button on the wall twenty feet away from me that says, "There's a problem. You go go hit that." Uh-huh. I, was like, yeah. I was like, ooh, that's very. But it was, it, it was. They were awesome, man. They yeah. were awesome, man. Because I, I sat there and we lectured and talked about writing for like three hours. The guards came in and said, "Okay, it's Chow time. Everybody get out." And they said they asked if they could stay through Chow for another hour and talk to me. And and the guards said, "Yeah, but you're locked in. You can't go anywhere. There's no Chow for any guys." And they said, "We don't want Chow. We want to sit here and talk." And we just talked stories. We talked recovery. We talked all this stuff. I was there for four and a half hours. It was amazing. Man. That's great. It was I, amazing. I, yeah, I go, was I go into San Quentin a few times. Well, mm-hmm. probably four or depending on what programs I'm working with, four or yeah. five times a year. Mm-hmm. Is the best weekend of my life. Every time. Yeah, it's awesome. Every awesome, single man. time. The the yeah. guys are so grateful, and they're so they 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 say it. They say they're grateful. Absolutely, they they're, they want to hang out. They want to talk. They want to hear stories. They want to mm-hmm. tell stories. Yeah. I sat in on the restorative justice uh, symposium, mm-hmm. and then spoke yeah. about nonviolent crime. Yeah. I've got experience on both ends of that one. Right, and, right. Um, 
and we got to do circles and it was just, it's awesome, just man. such an amazing experience. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things that one of the guys wrote me a letter afterwards and he just said, thank you for just allowing me to be a human being, you yeah. know, and yeah. to know that I have mm-hmm. worth as he, and that's, that really, it, it's like, I, I wrote him back and, and he's mm-hmm. out now, which is amazing. Cause a lot of these mm-hmm. guys are lifers that are now getting parole because yeah. of Jerry Brown and, and Gavin Newsom. Mm-hmm. But it was like, my my response is the same all the time. You gave me more that day than I than I gave to you. Right, I know that we're right. coming in, but you know, right. like there's there's honestly when I'm there, there's no place I'd rather be than talking to those guys. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that's like a, such a change for such a selfish, self centered, you know, right. lifelong, right. you know, <laughs> narcissist. <laughs> you know, I don't and think we, people we, realize we the to... the beauty of recovery for people like us is that you mm-hmm. you spend your whole life being selfish, and right. then you get it you realize how selfish you've been and it's just like this total joy in mm-hmm. being someone that is like useful and helpful. And right. it's like, right. it just doesn't get old. Yeah. Yeah. And what I was going to say is that I, I also need that constant reminder. I, yeah, I need, boy. I need that. I need that, that mirror in my face going, Oh yeah, that's right. That's why I'm doing this. That's what's happening here. Right. You know? Cause I, cause like, you know, I was I'm thinking like, yeah, I could go steal that thing. It'd be okay. Like that's like some weird, like where's that even come from? You yeah, know? Like, totally. Like, I, you know, I, I can lie to that person. Like, you're know, like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I get the. I sometimes still get the shoplifting impulse when I'm in like stores, and I'm like, I could beat that camera. You know, man, I I, I, I still go into banks and look at all the cameras, <laughs> look where the security guy is, like like that. Brinks trucks go by, and I go, damn, I like to hit that. Because oh, you know? that's the direction we roll. We <laughs> yeah. roll in that direction. You know, it's effort to be to not rob right. people. You know. Yeah. So you've had yeah. some other some other pretty amazing events in the last. Uh, you know, well, especially the last five or so years, you got married. Yep, got married, got married to, uh, and 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 a healthy relationship, and and also did something crazy, like became friends before we like had a relationship, and then like you know took our time, and then like you know long distance relationships from Marin, so we were back and forth for like yep. five years, and then she moved down here, and then I popped a question, and we've been married. We just had our second anniversary, and so like that, uh, uh, you know, and and doing all adult things like we flew to Europe last year and we're going to go again and you know things like that which it's weird you know, right it's weird. totally weird like like what, who, who's who is this person yeah. you know like, yeah. yeah well yeah. you you like me had some pretty disastrous relationships both in and out of recovery horrible mine were great when and I was drinking <laughs> <laughs> amazing oh they were, you yeah. were, but it was yeah. real love right oh it was yeah. so so much passion every time every time it was real, real love, love. So I, I have to say, like, I've, you know, like, that's another thing that we kind of track together. Like, I, I got married yeah. a couple of years ago. Josh got mm-hmm. married a, few, a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Yeah. And it's cool. like, I think the three wow. of us are all in, probably I would, I would contend the only healthy relationships we've ever been in with actual, Absolutely. actual yeah, partners sure. who are our friends. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, I yeah. want to hang out with her, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I'm just like, holy, yeah. sh- this is amazing. You know, how yeah. did this happen? How do, do I deserve? That's my, my big question. Now. Do I deserve this? Did I? <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I, I, my big question all the time: like, yeah. How did this happen? How did this happen? You yeah. Know? So, but yeah. It, it, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful, and and, and, and like, to me, that that's 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 the gifts. You know, it's it's not like it's not like there's a promise that you you're promised something. It, it it you 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 do the right thing and you follow through and you and you become the person you want to be. Then naturally, things gravitate towards you. You know, yeah. and, and and at least that's what I hope, and I think that's real. You know. Yeah, you're just a cool dude now, right? Like you could we imagine if we had always been just cool dudes. <laughs> oh, well, and and you know, and I've said this a lot. I, I was and I started saying when we first started talking that that art school, that kid that went to art school, 17 years old, 
was interested in, in film and movies and, and art and drawing and, and, you know, was just in love with fucking life. Yeah. And, and that got lost somewhere. Yeah. And, and these last 18 years, I've been trying to get back to being that kid where I'm just sort of excited about everything. Yes. Everything's really cool. And that's, 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 that, 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 I mean, I wish I'd never taken that other, other direction. I mean, it, it makes us who we are. It makes me who I am, right. you know, it, 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 all that kind of like that. But, can you imagine where I would be if I was? Well, who knows? You know, it might be dead. But uh, uh, you know, I, if I hadn't gone in the other direction, you know, it just it would just uh, I don't know. I just I that, 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 that's my own, that's my biggest regret is just not following through with that. But you can appreciate it, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. you yeah. have to have the contrast because you know, like I get like, you're saying like you're going on a trip to Europe and it's like wild. Like I get that yeah. stuff all the time. Like I'm taking out my garbage to the street and it's my garbage yeah, can yeah. at my house yeah. and I'm like, what? <laughs> this is crazy. Like, this yeah, is yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, last time I was in Europe, I was trying to score drugs in Marseille and Nice, and it was like oh. it was like horrible, and I was ODing and like yeah. you know, it was just like unbelievable, and I was like just scungy and yeah, I, I didn't even go out during the day and you know, like that. That's no way to see a city. That's the way. That's not wasn't like I wouldn't call that a vacation. Right. You know, that was '81. You know, right. like a long time ago. You, know, you get the do over. Yeah, get do the do over with your best friend. Yeah, man. it's the greatest. That oh. happened. So last time I relapsed was at a, a Jawbreaker reunion show, uh, <laughs> and in Chicago, I was by myself a couple years mm-hmm. ago, and yeah. I came back and went through all that shit. And then, yeah, and then my wife and I got to go see Jawbreaker again, like after uh-huh. I, I got it back together, and I got to the, do the do over and have yeah. the real mm-hmm. experience. And it was just it and like, interviewing for the podcast. Oh, that's true. All that. Mm-hmm. All that yeah. mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, nice. It's nice to get the do overs. The only time I had been uh, in Europe before I went to Italy with my wife after our, yeah. our after we got married mm-hmm. was to go to Stockholm mm-hmm. to rescue a friend of mine that was shockingly a heroin addict. Mm-hmm. I was, which out. was really shocking. Uh, get him into treatment. I spent every night there. I went to get him into treatment for heroin, and I spent every night drunk in bars in Stockholm. Nice. Yeah, it was a, really saw the city. <laughs> so, solid recovery. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. So I think we're coming up on time here pretty quick. So okay. what's, what, so new book, what's it called? New book is called Anarchy at the Circle K. Awesome. And, 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 the, and the subtitle is On the Road with Dead Candies, TSOL, Flipper, Subhumans, dot, 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 and Heroin. Yep. And then... Uh, How are you not going to pick that book up? <laughs> exactly. Do you have any any uh, any teaching, any clinics coming up, or anything that you want to plug? Uh, it got it's something in June at Antioch University, Los Angeles. There'll be an online memoir class coming up. Awesome. And uh, I think that's about it. You know, uh, yeah. If if you're if you're uh, 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 you know, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I would I say mean, I, you know, I would say if what? you're interested in writing stories about yourself. There we go. Um, That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick yeah, thank is, you. Patrick thank is, you. is really good at telling stories and really good about telling stories about himself. He's written two <laughs> autobiographies now. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, with, with, a lot of, with a lot of color and a lot of, like, really, really – I mean, you feel like you're there in some of the – God, dude, when you were – I'll give you one little thing. When you, when you were okay. strung out in the apartment in San Francisco – Mm-hmm. And you guys could barely leave the house. You were basically leaving just to do to do jobs, right? Yeah, yeah. I like I felt that pain as a as a mm-hmm. former heroin addict. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. sickness that just waves over you, and you yeah. just know you have to do something to get money. Yeah. Like I was like, oh god, I'm so glad. That's what yeah. it left me with. I'm so glad that I don't have to be that guy anymore. Exactly. And uh, exactly. so, read the book, Gun Needle mm-hmm. Spoon. I will, I'll, I'm never read all. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> this has been so fun, Patrick. I, you make Thanks, me so man. happy. I'm so glad you're alive and yeah. here and have all these stories. You're great to talk to, and just like Appreciate incredible it. inspiration for um, 
what what things can look like for you if you're out there and you're having a hard time. Yep. Thanks. Man. So Thanks. so let's do this again after the new book comes out. Okay. Cool. Promise. Appreciate you guys. Really appreciate you having me on the show. All right. Or the podcast, or however you want to say it. Yep. Yeah. So this will be out in the next few days. Um, cool. Actually, it's going to go up Monday. I want to keep our Monday, Monday cadence, so okay. it'll go up Monday, and um, and we'll plug all your new stuff. Hell yeah! All right, man. Thanks, right. man. Kill right. it. Kill thanks it, for coming on, thanks. and uh, thanks for listening, all right, everybody. You guys. All right. All right.